The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by Unity.org. Elevate your life with the Rise Into Your Power Habit Tracker. Track up to 10 habits for 30 days and experience transformative results. To learn more, visit go.unity.org forward slash rise. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Papp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. Today we welcome my very dear friend Sita Paloma and her son Diego, who is out of body and How we came together is, well, it's really quite amazing. When we talk about networking, that Diego. Hi, Sita, and welcome. Hi, here I am. Here you are. Would you like to share the story of, well, I can talk about how I met Diego, but I think you might want to talk about how we met first through Diego. Yes, I was having an event at my house where this special healer was coming And Marilyn had heard about him and was told by another that she should book an appointment. So she did. She came over. And my friend told me that Marilyn was coming over. But having worked in a metaphysical bookstore for many, many years, I didn't think that someone could just easily talk to dead people. So I shrugged it off. And so as soon as she walked into my house, she looked above my head and said, oh, hi, would you like to speak to your son? He's right here. And I just felt something instantly, I guess. And I just said, okay. And we were sitting, standing in front of the sofa. So we just sat down and she just started talking away. And I started asking questions and we went back and forth, back and forth. And then before I knew it, He was answering me, yeah, mom, but from my perspective, and then he would go on and on, and then I would say, yeah, but what about this and this and this? Because he was 23 when he left this world, and as a young man, we would argue a lot, and so he just sounded the same. How would she know? The next morning, I woke up. And I just jumped out of my bed immediately, and I said, oh, my God. I was having an argument with a dead person. I was just completely astounded. But that's what he would say. Yeah, Mom, but from my perspective. And we went back and forth like that for probably, I don't know, a good 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, what do you remember, Marilyn? It's it's so interesting because I'm listening as you're talking, but Diego's right here. And when you said it went on and he went, 20 minutes, and then he went 15 or 20 minutes, he's right here channeling in. And from my perspective, it's so interesting. Um, the healer that came, his name is Romy. He's now out of body. He's waving in and saying hello. And this charming man who did some pretty amazing healing work Well, I would get a call sometimes from the people who would sponsor him when he would be coming around. And 
at that time, I didn't have any pressing needs. So I just say, oh, thank you, but no, not this time, maybe next year, you know. And that happened. A friend from Santa Fe called and said, oh, he's coming out to California. He's going to be right in your town. And um, a woman is sponsoring him, and he'll be working there. And I said, oh, no, thank you, but thank you for keeping me on the list. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice, and I could feel, oh, he wants me to interject. This particularly handsome and very suave, he says, young man. And literally what I heard was, go, please go. I went, what? <laughs> he said, go. And I okay. So I made an appointment. And Sita and I are now friends. And she jokes that I had to pay, what, a hundred bucks to be your friend because I had to come see this guy. It was great to see the guy. I came and saw the guy. But before I even saw the guy, I remember very distinctly Diego right above Sita's head and his energy. His energy is so playful, so mischievous. And it's interesting, if you've been listening to these podcasts, you know about Connor and you know about Michaela and they're hanging out together. It's so interesting. They, I don't think they met each other while they were in body. And yet, when we're out of body, you know, they hang out with their families. But when we're doing something like this, Connor and Michaela tend to come around. And so right before we started, when I was doing the little protection, the mantra before we start, they were pretending to push Diego forward. You know, like, yeah, it's your turn. It's your turn. You go ahead. He has been one of the most, he says, prolific, brilliant. If I let him, he'll just come up with all these great adjectives. But it's interesting because Sita is very perceptive. You might share that you've always been perceptive in this way. Thinking back to when we were talking about how you set up your dining room with your mom's table from way, way back, and you invited everyone in. And when you got up the next day, you went in and you saw them all, all the out-of-bodies sitting there, right? Yes. Yep. That's you know? exactly what happened. Yeah. Didn't know that that could happen at the time. So I was completely surprised. But yes, that's what happened. And I didn't know who any of the people were, but they were literally sitting around my table or my mother's table. And they were actually smiling. They were smiling and having a party, and I just thought that was so bizarre. I hadn't met Marilyn. I didn't know that anything like that could possibly happen, and there they were. It's really something, and the vibration, whether or not our vibration is high enough for that moment, they're laughing out there. That's why I'm a little chuckly. They're saying, you know, they're coming through, and they're having fun, and they just love us and want to play. Whether or not we're aware of it, the soul is aware of it, whether or not we see them physically or hear them. But when we do, oh, my God, things just change. How did that change for you? That happened before we met, huh? Well, you know what? Now that you're mentioning it, I realize I think the word innocence, we could talk about the word innocence. That has play here because I received my mom's table and chairs and I set them up in my home. And I took a long time doing it, remembering my mother. And then afterwards, I playfully said, I innocently said, it was so childlike. And I invited all of my relatives. I said, I don't know where you all are, but here's mama's table here now. 
And anybody who wants a place to come and visit, here it is. Come and visit. I was truly in the mental state of pretending, of playing, like when I was a child. When we are children and we are pretending, we pretend with every single ounce of ourselves. We are so innocent. And I realize that's a good definition of innocence. That's what took me there, is that playful pretending that it could happen. Like when we're little and we see some magic or we think about Santa Claus, we really think it could happen. So then something like this happens and confirms, oh my goodness, dead people can really communicate with us. Oh, it's amazing. They're not just communicating. It's really beautiful when you stop and think about it. You put out the invitation and they came and they raised their vibration enough so that you could physically see them. That's very, I'm hearing that that's very determined. Yes. It takes energy to do that. So they wanted you to know that if you're inviting them to the party, they're at the party and they hear you. So there was reciprocity with that. There was a reflection back to what was happening for you. Yes. Diego is saying, now there are a couple of places to go here. Um, Diego did it a little differently where he just kind of came in, tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, hey, you know, we're going to do this. It's the, the networking out there. They can go and find the people that will make the contact with you. And I hear stories of this all the time, but Diego wants to say, but he's really good at it. Yes, he really is. So with this idea of the invitation, let's take a deep breath, let the shoulders drop down. And let the stomach relax and the spine relax. We clothe ourselves in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. Take a breath and let yourself relax and allow yourself to think about who you'd like to invite to your table. Because right now, in this state, you've done the protection. You've asked that only a high vibration come in. So your loved ones, they should feel pretty comfortable coming on in. And they want to. And their hearts are there. And they will, you know, maybe figure out how to help you see, help you. You know, Sita, I know, has told me about some other experiences where ribbons formed. There are different ways that they can manifest. But when we're thinking about inviting in our loved ones, think of just the love. Think of that feeling. You know, your loved one, before they went out of body, if you went in the other room, you can still feel yourself loving each other. If you go to the other side of the world, you can still feel yourself loving each other. When somebody is out of body, that love is there and it's reflecting back to us. And they're always looking for ways And they're very determined to come through and help us to relax and help us to embrace the earth plane, which is a double thing. You embrace the earth plane and it brings joy, but that joy raises the vibration so that you can hear them and see them more. So they're playing with us in such therapeutic ways to help bring it in and to help expand. And I'll tell you something, that Diego, what a sense of humor. He's been playing... Anything you want to share about that? What comes to mind? I'm thinking about, oh, the dancing. 
Well, actually, what comes, what's been coming to mind the last couple of minutes is when you said, who do you want to invite in? I realized that that's the same energy that I was having that night when all of the ghosts appeared around the table. I was literally inviting somebody in. So I'm realizing now that innocent part of us, that part that can really take it to heart and pretend with all our might to listen and hear, take a second to hear who and ask the question, who wants to come in? So when you said that, I immediately got my old friend Martin Wong. So he's got to be here. And he had to have met Diego for sure. They would be two clowns up there like crazy. So, I mean, I could practically hear Martin's laughter. What are you getting? He's, he's laughing and he's coming through and he has such a sense of humor. And he says, oh God, I, this is not PC, you know. He says he, he wants to describe himself and he used the word Looney Tunes, like the cartoon. Absolutely. Like that he went, he just hugged me and said, see, you said it. It's, a, it's okay to say it. It's, it's not disparaging to anybody, he said, but it's almost in that way, like that animated way. He is animated in a different, his energy is so ethereal and artistic and expansive and he bounces off the wall and there's a little bit of Tinkerbell in him where he's magic. And yet, as soon as you said, I thought of Martin Wong. The first thing he said was, well, yeah, sure, after I pushed your father out of there because he wanted to come in first. Uh-huh, yes. And that would be your dad. Yeah. And he's laughing. And he says, well, yeah, I want to be in charge and introduce each person because your father is such a social guy and he wants to be in charge of the party. Uh-huh. And that's, I have a feeling his personality is a little like that, huh? Oh, he was very much like that. Yeah. Your mother's laughing. She says, yeah, she could sit down or go in the kitchen, and she knew everything was taken care of because he was taking care of business that way with people. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was left excluded. He was definitely the entertainer and had everybody's attention Well, he's, and, and wanted to make sure everyone felt included. Included. I could yeah. feel that. But, but Martin's laughing, and he says, yeah, well, right now he's being really pushy. Yeah. And he's saying, wait a minute, I sat at that table. I get to be at that table. That's true. However, you said, master. Yes, that's right. He was the master of the table and, and at the head spot. However, Martin says that you've sat at that table and you've made some things, yes? Oh, well, lots of things. And artistic things, yes? Oh, of course. He says you bend steel and you bend wire and you bend metal and you make things. Well, yeah. And he's laughing and he's saying, I don't like to sit at the table because his energy is bouncing off the wall. He doesn't like to be that still. So he says, Martin, um, thank you. Martin's energy is like that. So he says, you're you're old. And he he made a kind of lazy reference. Relatives, they can sit at the table. Yeah. I'm bouncing around looking over your shoulder and telling you what to do. And basically, you don't listen anyway. He taught you things, yes? Oh, yes. He taught me about the Looney Tunes for sure. Well, he says he helps you. Coming up with just funny things will pop in your mind as you're in that zone and being creative and making things. Uh-huh. And he says he likes to get directive and tell you what to do, but he realizes your own talent is your own and he shouldn't be pushy. Once in a while he'll say, you know, that isn't going to work and you should, you know. That's but, the way he was actually when he was alive as an really? artist. Yeah. Yes, he really, he had a style and I mean, anybody who would see his art 
would admire it. But he always found something to admire in everybody else's art and just found uniqueness. That was truly one of his talents. Actually, Martin taught me a lot about was how to be compassionate. Wow. Yeah, he, w- he came out of a Looney Tune. When I met him, he had just come out of the nut house, diagnosed schizophrenic. He never drove a car. He just, no way would he take a chance. He didn't take any drugs. He was just naturally kind of a Looney Tune, and he loved Walt Disney characters. He would literally collect bunnies and duckies and all kinds of uh, lunch boxes with, oh yeah, he was like heavy into all of that type of the animation. animation. That's yeah. why every time he says Looney Tunes, and I really want to make it clear we are not being rude in any way in terms of there's all kinds of different uh, mental wiring. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And so he would just no laugh. disrespect at all. Right. But he's using the term Looney Tunes to say, in he says in the n- not politically correct way that he felt his brain was not wired in the manner that most people would say that in terms of mental. He doesn't want to say illness because he liked his wiring yeah. in a lot of ways. But the other thing is he's using that because he's showing Looney Tunes, the cartoons, and he's showing the Tasmanian devil spinning, like spinning around. And he says his energy was like that. But he would be like that when he's doing his art and almost not remember when he's doing the art and be like the Tasmanian devil. And all of a sudden he's looking at him going, hmm, I rather like that. So it's, there's all levels of artistic and beautiful disassociation that he's very happy to have had. And I'm told to add from out there, it's interesting when we're talking about mental health, one thing that I've come to understand is that, you know, not always, but I, th- I really have come to believe and through channeling that a lot of people who are diagnosed or who are thought to be mentally ill might have more access than most of us and might not know how to filter it out. And again, there are all kinds of variances But it's crossed my mind so much that our wiring, what we design for ourselves, possibly before we even come in, can help us. So please know that when he says Looney Tunes, he's talking cartoons. He's also talking about his mental health state, but we're doing it with absolutely no disrespect. And he says, no, we really want to do it with humor. Because usually, this is Martin Long now, he says, you know, talent is a wonderful thing, joy, all of that. But you have to be a little bit, and he's using the word Looney Tunes, to be able to really not just access it, but translate it. And he says, you know how many mediums got put away in wherever you want to call them because they were hearing voices that other people didn't hear. And he says, well, hey, I am schizophrenic. I hear voices. There are a lot of things that are of the spiritual nature, and there are a lot of things that are of the mental health nature. And who are we to sort it all out? But when we're channeling in each situation, they make it really clear that they want to use their own languaging, and it's with the utmost respect. Oh, you know what? That's the word kept coming up. What? That actually, Martin would use the word Looney Tunes out of respect. No! Yes. Well, you're a crack up. In other words, why can't we respect them too. And even think about it, the people that created animation, oh my goddess, like where in the world was their mind? Cartoons, 
it's a humorous way to get your point across. And this is what Martin did. He was always making points with humor. And he would just even make, now that you're talking about it, I realized he would like literally move his, his body and contort it and, and flub his straight hair in front of his face and laugh. And he would, I'm realizing now, it's like he was imitating one of the Looney Tunes when he would do that. He's, he's laughing and laughing while you're talking, and he says he, was, he, says he was small of stature, correct? Well, he was very thin. slender. He was very thin. Extremely slender. Yeah. He was about six foot one. Oh, cool. But I'm getting him. He says he could curl up into a ball of the smallest size. Yeah. You know, he would, could. and he would do that. He would sleep curled up in a little ball. And he says that one thing he decided when he was really young is he identified with Mighty Mouse. Ah. And he would just like, when Mighty Mouse, when he sings it, Mighty Mouse, there would almost be that pulsing, like his heart going with it. And that whole, here I come to save the day, that means that Mighty Mouse. And he would march. He said he'd march around the room. And it would just be like, yeah, he never felt contained by the body. He always felt like he took up a whole lot of space. His artwork obviously took up a whole lot of space. He did some big ones. This does explain his personality a lot. But he says it's it's just he's he's too big for life. He was too big for his body. He's too big. So when you're, we're we're doing this podcast together. Wait a second. Watch. I gotta talk about his energy because this. Yes, how he moves, the way he could cut through that energy now that you're talking about it this guy as skinny as he was he could he could probably lift half a car or something it was truly amazing how much he could literally lift up and walk with it he just answered i am some mighty mouse but never a rat he always compared himself and he says well chinese are like ants we can pick up twice our weight He's laughing. He says, basically, what you're coming to is the fact that he defies physics, he wants to say. Yes. He defies physics, and so does his art. I guess you're going to want to look him up now. His name is Martin Wong. He's been out of body for a while. He says that he would do his work, his best art, by feeling lighter than air. And what he means by that is he would be inside his body, and he'd be using his instrument, the body, to paint, do whatever, draw whatever he's doing. But his whole instrument would be expanding with the joy of his creation, way beyond the body, so that if somebody who could see would be looking at him, you'd see layers and layers of aura that would almost make the room look blinding. And in the middle is this guy, and he's doing his thing. I believe it. Yeah. And he says, and that's why- That's a good visual. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's happy. He wants you to know he's happy. It was very hard for him, he says, to contain himself in a body. Oh. And he needed to be very lithe and move around a lot. You would think he would need a bigger body to take up space, but he almost needed to be sprite-like. Uh-huh. Where he, was, he would just jump up and kind of bound around, yes? That energy who just, like, he, it feels like he has a very quick metabolism when he was oh, in his God. body. Yes. He would, like, bounce around. But that served him because now he can explain it as he's, he was downloading the highest frequency so when we just did our little mantra, we clothe ourselves in a robe of light, we're raising our frequency. When we do that, when we laugh and when we hug and all the good stuff, it raises us and brings us closer to our body loved ones and the zone, he's saying. 
So he would be just joyful. To, he would, it's almost like he danced around to get himself in the zone. And then because he had access at such a high frequency, his body needed to be so highly, high, the frequency is so highly tuned so that he could access. And for him, it was channeling, but he would channel it through his whole, whole body to the point where he could taste it and he could feel it in every pore. This makes sense with the guy you know? Absolutely. Yeah. He's so and funny. when you said the word tune, I instantly thought of the word tune and then tune came out of your mouth. Isn't that so awesome? Well, he says you channel them too. And this is what's so much fun. If you are with people who are interested in this and you hang out together and you just start talking about it, you just say, oh, I wish or, oh, I'd like to. Just the intention is the invitation. Just the wow. intention brings it in. So we tend to do this, and we're pals, and, and it's so much fun. But right now, you, we're, we're tandem channeling because, you know, you're the one who knows him. And he's so funny. He, oh, God, is he funny. He just went over to the other side of the table, looked at me, and flicked his hair over his shoulder, looked at me like down his nose and said, I will not be needing you anymore. <laughs> you know, because they're teaching us how to channel. And it's basically... He wants to tell everybody out there who would like to be doing it more, all you need is the desire. And, of course, for us here on the ground floor, he says, that can translate into desperation because we need each other and we want to know that they're okay. Out there, they know we're okay. But he, he's just saying that desire, and he really likes what you said about the innocence because, and he pointed at me, Marilyn, and I know this for sure, what he's saying you don't want to try too hard. You don't want to work too hard because this isn't work. It's sweetness and joy. Yeah. So if we start thinking about it, and part of the thing is also, when I started talking and channeling him, you relaxed and didn't try to, and then you heard him talk. Yes. What he's trying to do with us is share all this beauty, but also help people understand how they work with us. He is, Diego's laughing, he is demonstrating to us kind of what Diego did. He's networking out there. He's playing with us, and they can come through. And sometimes we can play, and two people or a whole bunch of people can download the same thing at the same time. If you've heard of, is it the Farnsworth? I'm not sure. I could have it wrong. There's a play. The people who, who um, invented TV, there's a play. Oh, I can't remember. But I'll tell you next time, but at any rate, the, a lot of times things are invented at the same time around the world because they're being downloaded. And of course, the person downloading is talented and brilliant and knows their stuff, but it's that collaboration. So when something comes in like that, and Martin's funny, he says, you know, he's been out of body a long time and he went to his loved ones, you know, and to you and to the people that he said he had a little group, his little group. And, um, but now, he says, and he, he was working a lot out of body. You can still do that. They're just as viable in that vibrational setting. But now he's helping other artists. And now he's helping them. He says, you're going to think it's really funny because a lot of people thought my head was broken. And I'm teaching other artists how to get the hell out of their heads so that they can allow what I did. And hopefully in a, in a more managerial way, I was not always the healthiest around it. But if the wiring is there, you see, here's what I think of as the problem. And as an artist, Sita, I think you'll agree with me. He's saying artists are expected to be somewhat out there. And from out there is where we kind of come in with our goods. And then 
people were trying to create art and are too much in their heads, they're not going to get past whatever their idea is. And it's so much more than the idea. It's so much more expansive. Channeling, he says, is the exact same way. Yep. If we're going to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to channel now. Again, I'm going to paint now. Give me the idea. That, you know, it's, it's, it's about opening up, allowing it. He says, with the innocence that you talked about, the joyfulness, and he wants to add passion. And if you sit there and do that, maybe you'll pick something up, maybe you won't, but your energy will change and you'll be doing it before you know it to the point where you'll turn around and go, wow, I've been doing this for a while now. Because he says if you stop and think about it, he's been coming through to you for years and years and years. I would imagine so. Yeah. And he looks out for you. Yeah. He says half picture will travel. He says like his paintings, paintings go out into the world and he says, this is what an artist does. And I wonder, musicians, doctors, doctors will probably hunt down their patients and make sure they're still doing well. I like to see where my art went and how people are if they're loving it. I like to go to people who feel so stuck in their head that they're afraid to pull the cork out so they can get to the colorful good stuff. Because sometimes our society likes to keep it corked. And don't we love all talking about Van Gogh and all the, you know, talk about Looney? Because we can say, oh, my God, how brilliantly, brilliantly talented. But, okay, yeah, they're crazy. And if we talk about it that way, then you won't go to the talent within you and say, well, that's just a crazy person or a loony-turned person. And we all have it in us. And he's making that analogy for art, but also for channeling itself. Because all you need to do is relax and ask and not work so hard. And he used to get a little crazy working too hard, and he was a bit of a perfectionist, he says, yes? He would really, when he was done, he was happy. Yeah. But while he was in, it was, you know, and there's a lot of drama. And he says, it's really beautiful because I can network with the people who are doing that, not change their process, and not, not push them in ways that they've got their talent, they've got their process. Just raise the energy up and just think, you know what? When you become untethered and unmoored, isn't that when the most is going to come in? And Sita, how I love you because you love me through all the years of my being a little bit unmoored and a little bit untethered. And yet, I need things that got to stay here well after I left my body. Yep. And I see them react and I see them opening up their hearts. And wow, I don't have to hit them with a stick. Isn't that cool? So now I'm graduating to the next thing. And I really, it's funny because we thought we were going to talk more about Diego today. And so did Diego. And we can still come back to that. But Mr. Wong here wants to talk about, he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Just say it. Just say it. Nobody will think you're being politically incorrect because I'm saying it. You can say it yourself about making a right. However, he says he's going from hitting people with a stick to try and get it because, you know, you interrupt his process. He could be explosive, correct? Well, he, only when he when only when he would get pushed against something that he thought was the wrong way. Well, yeah, which <laughs> is anyone who kind of went up against my vision when I was in that space. Yeah, really nailing it. Yeah, and and he. But even then, his arguments were so animated and so non toxic and non violent. It was trippy. Oh, Sita, dear Sita, you just made me realize that I think part of the reason I was able to access, part of why I was able to was my own innocence, like you say. Yes. I believe you're right. Yes. 
So I, I'd like to I'd like to finish up with a quick little thing about Martin. He really was my first teacher consciously about how to be compassionate. So we had a artist guild up in Eureka, California, and we had it for many, many, many years. So when we were first starting out, it was a whole bunch of artists getting together. Some of them had very dominating personalities. There was two storefronts hitting the sidewalk, and so they wanted to be able to decorate, and they would have big arguments on how to do the decoration, so they finally had to figure out how to take turns. There were five people in this co-op, and I didn't really care about that, so I would step out of it, but Martin, that was his, he would come down two o'clock in the morning and spend hours fixing up the window displays. I mean, that was just his talent. He loved doing all of that kind of stuff, so he would get into some pretty heated arguments. Then other people would start just getting into arguments. Oh, it's got this and that and trying to make rules with all of these eccentric artists. And so one day I was talking to him about one of the one of the members who was just being 100% unreasonable, did not want to do any kind of compromising, listen to anybody else, was way worse than Martin and uh, just was wanting to take over. And so I was like, I couldn't handle this anymore. And I was talking bad about this person. I don't know what I was saying. And Martin was just listening to me, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and not even looking at me, just looking down and looking, you know, whatever, and just uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I said, well, what do you think? Like, I mean, I'm thinking that we should, like, have some kind of intervention and put this guy on the... uh, They should. Yeah, or on something and say, look it, you know, have a group confrontation or something. And um, I said, well, what do you think? Isn't this getting you upset? And he goes, look, Sita, when you decide to accept someone to be your friend, you accept all of them, all parts of the person. Okay, then. <laughs> I was left speechless. I mean, that that is like... Oh, but dear Sita, do you know the pain that came from? Because I had so many years of understanding that people love me, but they were parts they just didn't feel that were so outside the margins that they were uncomfortable. Well, yeah. And it made me feel that we really have to make a decision. You either love me or you don't, and that's what I decided, and I knew you love me. And I know which people love me. and But you know what? I made a decision. I'm just going to love people. Yeah. And isn't that what you've done in your life? Yeah. And so we're two peas in a pod, aren't we? It's taken me a lot longer. But yeah, he truly had no anger towards absolutely anybody or what they ever did. He was completely capable of accepting a person for just being. And he says, you know, that's one of the many gifts of being wired differently, mental health-wise, because he can see 
the folly in another person as they judge him when they're hiding so much of the same inside them. You know what? Diego had the same ability. Really? Yep. Diego truly held no grudges. Was in, you know, he did some outrageous things to different people. And he just said, you know, I don't hold it against them for being upset with me. <laughs> and he just was completely reasonable that way. He was, I think, actually, I find that is quite often the truth with a lot of people that have mental challenges because they have to deal with their capabilities and their incapabilities and accept it if they want to be able to get to any kind of equilibrium and they just come to realize that they are definitely different than other people. They are wired di than different than other people and it automatically gives them more patience and less judging and criticizing. Because we watch from a young age as other people judge us when they see anything outside the margin. So our margins are, are expanded not by our behavior or thoughts or how we live as somebody who's wired differently, because I think in our hearts we, we begin to understand, even in our youth, that we want to give someone else, afford them the same the same opportunity that we want for ourselves. Yep. And one thing I just have to say, and I hope it doesn't scare people, we, we are wired differently. But, you know, one thing, he says, I love the line from John Lennon, one thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. When our perception is broader, and we can observe sometimes that we're out there, we know we are, and Diego's nodding his head, and people are expecting us to be a certain way, when we're looking out at the rest of the world, we assume that they have all the same kind of things going on, and they're just more contained. And it has to be really hard to contain that. And for us, it's really hard for other people how they perceive us, but we're living in our authentic truth. And I believe people who are not wired differently that way learn the rules of how to be appropriate, even when it might not serve them. So I'm not saying everyone should should get out there on the limb, but there's there's something we learn when we're we're basically Diego and I were hanging out there on the limbs holding on. Yeah. So we're kind of the in between, trying to make sense of ourselves, but also trying to make sense of the feedback that we're getting. And as we get older, other people are telling us that's not very normal, and we look at everyone else and say, Yeah, well, we have news for you. There's a whole bunch of color in you. And all I see is some gray and black and white oozing out of you. Now, I don't mean it meanly to people who are very much in their head, but we're, we might be wired differently to have more access to different things. And we realize, and this is going to sound strange, and it could be as an artist, as a channeler, any of that, when we realize we have access to something, we start to feel bad for the people who don't. So people like Diego and I, and Diego and I have talked much about it, we sometimes feel bad for the people who don't have all the colors that way, even though it makes life a little more difficult because when our brains are wired that way, there's a piece of us, no matter what we do, and when you talked about Diego, like causing trouble or whatever, it holds on to the feeling of innocence that you're talking about. 
because the heart's intention is not to be cruel. And the other thing that both of these young men have is their integrity. Exactly. Diego had the highest integrity, and so did Martin Wong, just the highest integrity in everything that they did. And Martin says, don't use past tense, please, my dear. Yeah. We still do. Yeah. And Diego's laughing, and he's saying, you know what? I'm out here. This is Diego. I can pull. He's very mischievous, and he loves fooling around. He said, I can pull all kinds of crap and all kinds of, but it needs to be high vibration, open the heart, and filled with love because, you know, my brain would be a little scrambled at times, but that's who I am. Martin just looked at him and said, yeah, here it is, all sweetness and light, but let's throw in a piece of chewing gum and some spit and a couple of, you know, we'll throw it all. There's a lot of things in the mix that you pick up and you play with, but the two of them, one thing they share, Martin is saying, they did not have the capacity to be anything other than what they are. Yep. And isn't that the perfect recipe for who we want to be? Yeah. So I'm pretty evolved, honey. And I think the rest of you all out there just have to be like me. Yeah. And he's laughing. Yeah. Both of them were very satisfied with who they were. And I, yeah. Happy in their skin. And you know what's really beautiful about it? We don't bring our skin with us when we go out of body, but all that growth and all that knowing, that's the joy. And they're having a great time out there and they're playing and they're, creating art and they're, Di oh, he just nudged Diego. And he says, for Diego, heaven isn't heaven if he can't be with his mama, you know? He says, for me, heaven isn't heaven if I don't get to interact and just be my, myself. And even though I'm not in the body that had maybe the wiring that was different, you don't take that with you. But my speed and velocity, he's a very high vibration guy. So his comfort level out of body, he's darting around, he's playing and all of that. It was harder to be in his body. But I that, believe that. That joy of expansion and bouncing around, he has that now. The body felt like a limitation, but it was almost like holding your breath, he says. You'd hold your breath and go, <gasps> when he come up from the water, he says, for him living on the earth, and then the art would come. All of a sudden he'd go, <gasps> and the art would open up and come out. Yep. And he says, so we, there was a lot to be learned here, but... Diego says it was all about unconditional love, and it would be great fun to talk about that, too. Yeah. Because Diego's been so polite and letting Martin dwell with talking. Martin is really happy and wants to thank you for coming in, and it's joyful, and he plans to continue to visit. And he also, along with us, wants to invite everyone to invite people in, in innocence and sweetness and with love and with light, because those who are past our present. Until next time. Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at marilyncapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. 
I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.